Lord God, we are not here, Lord God, to for a concert. God, we are not here, Jesus, uh, to be entertained. We are here, Lord God, to praise you. We are here, Father, Lord God, to receive your word uh, for us today, Lord Jesus. We pray that you will open our hearts and our minds. Amen? Don't forget who you are in Christ. Amen. Don't forget who you are in Christ. We are a church that is alive. We are a church that is spiritually awakened. We are a church that knows the Spirit of God, who knows the power of God, who knows the power that is within us, the dominion that is given to us through His name, and we need as a church to praise and worship Him like we know that and to know that it is true. Amen? Pastor Brenda started a series a couple, three weeks ago on The Battle Begins, and today we are going to finish that series, but she covered three fronts that we need to have control over so that Satan does not gain a foothold in those areas. The first week she talked about the heart. And we know that the heart is where trust is built. We, we learn to trust God through our hearts. Then we talked about the mind and that there, uh, in our mind is where tenacity keeps us strong. It keeps us focused. In our mind, we have to have a mindset that we are going to overcome. We are going to have a mindset that we know who the Redeemer is, that we know who God is, and that he will help us to overcome whatever comes against us. But it has to be a mindset. Today we're going to talk about the soul and how temperance brings peace and how we have to have self-control in order to have peace in our lives. So the first week, Pastor Brenda talked about Deuteronomy 20 and 1 through 4, and we discovered four promises concerning our battles. The first thing she talked about was that there will be battles, amen? God never promised us a bed of roses. He never promised us a life that will never have conflict. There are going to be battles. But he also promised us that he would be with us and that he would fight for us and that he would give us victory. Amen. We also discussed our responsibility to get dressed for battle. We need to know the armor God has given us and how to use each weapon. We have to be able to study. We need to be able to open our Bibles and go to those places and say, God, this is what you have for me. God has given us the tools. Amen. God has given you the tools to overcome the battle, but we have to put them on. If he gives us a shield, we have to put the shield on. If we leave the shield sitting over on the side, it's not going to do you any good in a time of battle. If he gives you a weapon to fight with, if you lay it aside and go into battle, then you are going without a weapon. And so we have to know how to put those weapons on and to use those the way that God wants us to use those. The second week, we focused on our hearts. And in 2 Chronicles 16 and 9, we discovered that God wants to show himself strong on our behalf when our hearts are loyal, committed, blameless, completely his. But he will also leave us to fight our battles when our hearts are not loyal, committed, blameless, and completely his. And it's in our heart that trust is built, and trust is the key that unlocks the deep well of true love. And when our hearts are right with God, we can trust him in any situation. Amen? Last week we talked about the mind, and there were three common battlegrounds for enemy attacks. We talked about how, one, we are too busy to spend time with God. When we are too busy to spend time with God, 
the enemy is going to attack us. When we are tired, and then she talked about when we are too close to the one thing we shouldn't touch, amen? Why is it that we want to always walk the line and to flirt with the things that we don't need to flirt with? Because the fall of man was a gradual fall. Whenever we slip, whenever we fall into sin, it's not like just overnight we just fell over. It's because there was a gradual slide into what it is that we got ourselves into. To win the battle, as we talked about last week, we must guard our minds. We have to have the helmet of salvation. We need to take every thought captive. When something comes into your mind that is not of God, we need to take that captive and rebuke that thought and then begin to speak those things that we know are true. Amen? That is why it is important to know our Bible. It is important to know scriptures that we can quote, things that we can, uh, almost like a mantra, things that we can speak into ourselves on a daily basis when things come against us. My wife, Lauren, does that with our son, Judah. When uh, he starts struggling with things and doesn't think she, he can do things, there's a scripture that she says, and she makes him repeat it over and over again so that he knows that there is nothing that he cannot overcome through God. We also have to stay resolute, determined in our focus and our mission. So today we're going to talk about the battle for our soul and for our emotions Amen. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm going to be real with you this morning. When Pastor Brenda said that today was going to be the final um, message for her series, and she told me what it was on, I went home, and I started looking at what she wanted me to preach, and I realized that 
I am the least qualified person at this point in my life to be able to teach or preach this message. Amen? Because battles can be strong. And things can be tough to deal with in life. And sometimes it's very hard to do what it is that we know that we need to do. It's very easy to say it's to stand strong in God. Amen? It is. It's very easy to say somebody says, well, just believe in God and he will get you through that. Well, that person is sleeping at night when you're not. When you're up stressing about everything that's going on in your life, that person is sleeping, and here you are laying in bed going, what do they know? They're not going through what I'm going through. You never know what that person has gone through, though. And so this morning is going to be something that deals with all of us. And there are storms that we go through. The soul which is part of our series, is where temperance brings peace. And that temperance um, kind of evokes a, a lot. When I remember I, I sat down at my computer and I, and, I, and I Googled temperance, like temperance. And the first thing, the first thing that, that came to mind when I thought of temperance was the first thing that came up on Google, and it was basically the prohibition period, uh, uh, the temperance movement uh, where uh, they, you know, where, where it was a, against the law to have alcohol and things like that. So I, so I started going through, and I was like, I need to get an understanding of what the Bible is meaning when it talks about temperance, because that 2,000-year-old language sometimes doesn't speak to me like it might speak to other people. And so I began to study, and it says, regardless of what men think about the term temperance, the word temperance literally means self-control. In other words, Studies and commentaries, we find similar definitions. J.H. Thayer says the word temperance means the virtue of one who masters his desires and passions, especially his sensual appetites. Mike Willis, in his commentary on Galatians 5 and 23, defines it as the dominion which one has over oneself or something, the dominion that one has over his thoughts, words, and actions. And other writers have expressed similar thoughts as well. Therefore, what, we, what I've kind of learned through this is that we see that temperance has to do with the self-control of the mind or will, and that all words and actions are also kept under control. Specifically, the control of the mind, mouth, and body must be held by God through his word. Self-control. And there are times in my life where I exhibit very little self-control. Amen, Lauren? I am not always the best at keeping my emotions uh, where they need to be. I am not always the best at keeping myself under control or practicing self-control in situations that aggravate me and frustrate me. I work most of my life having to deal with people. And people get aggravating. And people get frustrating. And my wife has to remind me that our business depends on those people coming back. And I tell her there are some of those people I don't want them to come back. They annoy me. They want everything every little way. They want one little squirt of this and a little shot of that. And, they and it's like, well, how about you make it yourself? And sometimes I have to go in the back and go in the closet and sit down and regroup. 
because my, my self-control is sometimes lacking, and what comes out of my mouth isn't really controlled sometimes. We kind of tease my wife about not having a filter, and her comment is, if you really knew what was going through my head, you'd realize the filter that I do have. But we have to have self-control because our peace that we have is hand-in-hand with it. Our self-control determines the peace that we're going to have. In John 16, it talks about John, or Jesus is talking to them how he's going away to the Father. And in verse 31, he goes, Jesus answered, so now you believe. Listen to me, a time is coming when you will be scattered, each to your own home. That time is now here. You will leave me alone, but I, will never, but I am never really alone because the Father is with me. I told you these things so that you can have peace in me. In this world you will have trouble, but be brave, for I have defeated the world. So he's leaving and he's telling them that things are going to get bad for you, just so you know. You're going to go through battles. You're going to go through situations. You're going to go through things that you don't understand. But I will be with you. You will have trouble, but be brave. Amen? Has anyone here ever have had trouble? Have you ever had trouble? Have you ever had things happen in your life that you didn't understand? Things that even blindsided you and you didn't even see it coming. And you sat there stunned and confused at why this was going on. But God, I gave my offering, I paid my tithe, I went to church, I don't, know under, I don't understand why I'm going through this. I pray, I read my Bible, but why am I going through this? We will have trouble, and life will bring us an array of storms, and we never know what is going to happen. But when it does happen, when life drops us a bad hand, when we seem to be in control, when, when everything seems to be in control and, 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 we're, and we're pitching a good game and we, and, and we think we have everything, we drop that hanging curveball that ends up 430 feet back in the stands and we hang our heads and we're like, God, what just happened? I thought everything was in control. I thought that I had, I, I, was, I was focused in, I was glued in on what I thought that you had for me. And when the ground that we are standing on is supposed to be secure, this ground, think about that. We, as humans, God created this earth, and we stand on its soil. This ground is supposed to be secure to us. And it's supposed to be something that we can trust in. It's the thing that holds us up. But, when a, but, but in a storm... It's that same dirt that's flying around us. It's almost like in a storm, our earth is turned upside down. The thing that we feel secure on is blowing around us, and we're standing in the middle of turmoil. Have you ever watched a video of a hurricane? And you see this hurricane, and it's coming through, and it's wicked and it's just blowing and the, and the sky is wicked and all of a sudden you start seeing the hurricane or the hurricane the tornado turn brown and you're like what just happened because the very th- thing that was secure is now in the air it's taking that earth and it's plummeting the earth 
everything that is in its way, it is now destroying. And, and sometimes we can put our security in things that we don't need to put our security in. And we can put our security in things that are temporary. But even in the middle of the storm, even when the storm is destroying uh, the very thing that we trust in, God says, be brave. God says, trust in me. God says, if you just focus on me, if you believe in me. So today I want to talk about what bravery is and how God told Joshua three times to be brave. I'm going to talk about ways that we become brave and the characteristics of a brave person. Because a brave person understands self-control. King David understood self-control. When he went out to meet the giant, he understood the self-control of the mind. He understood what it was to walk into the middle of a situation, to walk in the middle of this battle, when even the people, on, even the Israelites, thought he was going to die. They're like, wow, we just sent him out. Good luck. But we have to understand self-control and how to control the mind, how to control those thoughts and those doubts that come against us. The definition of brave is the ability to face difficulty, pain, trouble, or danger with courage and firmness, to have strength of mind, to remain steady with a fixed purpose and not withdrawing. It's to stand strong. God told Joshua three times to be brave. And in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 6 through 9 he says, be strong and courageous, for you shall cause his people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So in Joshua 1 and 6, uh, God tells Joshua, you must be strong and brave. Joshua was going to have to fight battles. Joshua, in order to conquer, in order to gain the promised land that had been promised to him, he was going to have to fight for it. God didn't just walk into Canaan and say, here you go. He said, you're going to have to fight for the cities that you are going to conquer. But if you fight, I will bring you success but you have to fight and so here joshua knows that he is going to go into battle and god has reminded joshua you must be strong and brave even when you come against many thousands tens of thousands you must be brave because it is not through your strength that you are going to win but through my strength amen you don't overcome the difficulties of life through your own strength. You cover them and you get through them through the strength that God gives you. And he's reminding Joshua of this. And then in verse 7 he says, But you must be strong and brave about obeying the commands my servant Moses gave you. You must be strong and brave about obeying the commands my servant Moses gave you. 
there are there, there's a law of obedience that we need to follow. Amen. There are things that God needs us to follow in order to fall under that realm. And I like what Joshua does because Joshua in his reign makes a declaration that for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua made that a declaration for his family that no matter what happens, we are going to stand strong on God. We are going to serve God. And as Christians and, and members of families, we have to make that declaration in our home that whatever comes against us, we are going to stand strong. And it wasn't that Joshua made a declaration that, well, I hope that when things come against us that we are going to be okay. We can't go into things double-minded. If I leave an area open in my life, if I leave an escape route, if I leave something out there hanging, then that is going to be my escape, not God. And we can do that. It seems like sometimes we, we want something and we pray something, but we always have something on the back burner just in case God doesn't show up. Well, God just might not do this, so I'm going to leave something back here that I can, that I can fall on. And so we create man-made security options that we can fall back on because we feel like God might not do what, what God wants to do. But here, Joshua made a declaration. He goes, we are going to serve God. I know we're going to have battles. I know things are going to happen that's going to come against us. I know things will probably happen in our family. There might be deaths. There might be uh, uh, things that we don't even understand, but we're going to stand strong. And we have to. And Joshua 1 and 7 then, it goes, but you must be strong and brave about obeying the commandments. Then in 9, he goes, remember, I commanded you to be strong and brave. He goes, remember, I commanded you to be strong and brave. And here God is just reminding Joshua, I will be with you. When you go against the cities, I will be with you. When you march around Jericho, I'm going to be with you. When you attack a city and there seems to be tens of thousands coming against you, I'm going to be with you. You will have to fight the battle, but I will be there. And that's what bravery is. It's, and that's why we go through things. If I never went through anything, I wouldn't know how to be brave. If my life didn't have turmoil and situations in it, that I wouldn't know how to trust in God during those things. One of the darkest times of our life is when uh, Lauren had a miscarriage. And I remember, and all the health problems that she went through from that, I remember in that time going, God, what did we do? What did I ever do? What did I do to you? I had some pretty good ideas what I had done. I was kind of hoping he'd forgot those. But I was thinking, God, what did, what did we do to deserve this? I remember when Ada, uh, even before that, we had Ada. And Ada, God bless her heart, is a princess. But she's a warrior princess. And she battles me. 
on a daily basis. And I knew that was going to be an issue when she was first born, when she didn't sleep the first six months of her life. And I remember I started, Ada was born. Two weeks later, I started a, a new job. And she just loved us so much that she didn't want to sleep. And I remember sitting in the bathroom floor with Lauren crying at 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, God, where are you? Is, is there a God? God, are you there? Are you this? Are you this personal Jesus that we read about? Are you this personal Savior that, that we have been taught that you are there? Or are you more of this outside of the world God who just kind of set things in motion? Now you're just kind of sitting back with a bag of popcorn and a Coke going, I hope you make it. I was like, where, you know, where are we right now? And I remember going through some of those battles. And it seemed like during those battles that we were alone. I'll be honest with you, it did. And there were days when we would stand strong and we would speak things into existence. And 15 minutes later, we were sitting down there going, well, that didn't work. And we'd fight and we'd get through. And we'd fight and we'd get through. And we'd fight and we'd get through. And it seemed like we would fall forward and that we were doing okay. Then something would happen and we, we would end up going backwards again. It was just a battle. It was a raging battle. Just like battles are, when you have to fight the enemy and you're going forward and, and you might be winning and then it seems like you're withdrawing and then you attack again and you seem to you're breaking through and then it seems like you're withdrawing. And it was a battle. But as we got through that, we were able to look back and say, wow, God, I can't believe you got us through it. And it seems to me that when people are looking for God in the battle, it's the hinder parts that you're seeing once you get through the battle. When Moses was in the cleft of the rock, he had to hide in the rock. And as, G, and as God passed by, then he looked... And he saw the wonderful things in the hinder parts of God. And what that tells me is that God is the storm. The face, of, the face of God in my life is the storm that I seem to be going through. And he's coming at me. And when I'm in the storm, it's the closest to God that I can actually be to him. When I used to teach self-protection courses and I would travel and we would and I would teach crisis prevention courses and things like that and we would people we would have people practice and they would you know because the the population that we worked with were working with some pretty um ill individuals sometimes and we'd have people get their hair pulled and they would get thrown on the ground and they would get attacked and so we're teaching them how to protect themselves and there were two areas that were very that that you wanted to be in if someone was attacking you is here where they can't touch me or here where I'm so close to them that they can't hurt me either. If someone is punching me, if I get close enough to them, I take away their range. And so in the middle of that struggle, it seems like if I get closer, I'm actually safer. And when we go through storms, 
God reminds us that he is with us. Amen. He reminds us that he hasn't left us. He's right there in the middle of it with us. But we have to become brave. And courage or bravery comes through us spending time with Jesus. Amen. We have to spend time with, with Jesus. We have to spend our personal time with God. In Acts, it's, uh, it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived they were uneducated common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. And so they looked at them like, these are just simple men. They're unqualified men, but the things that they are doing means that they have been with Jesus. They were performing miracles. They were, uh, they, they, the blind were beginning to see, and, and they're looking at these guys going, these are the ones who couldn't make it with the rabbi. These were the ones that were not chosen to follow a rabbi. These, they weren't smart enough in Jewish culture. So they were sent back to work, and then God, then Jesus calls them into his disciples, into his discipleship, and they're following the master. Now, Jesus is resurrected, and these men who were not qualified became qualified through Christ. Amen. That's how we are. I am not qualified to do some of the things that God, I feel, sometimes wants me to do, but God qualifies us. If God wants you to do something, if God is calling you into something, do not say, I'm not qualified, because if God is calling you into it, it means He's going to qualify you for that position. If God is wanting to manifest something in your life, it means He is qualifying you in that position, which means that you're going to go through a firing process. You're going to go through a purification process. You're going to go through a storm because God is going to mold you and confect and put you together and, and, and compromise what you, who you think you are and form you into who He knows who you are so that you can do what He wants you to do. But that happens through that purification process. And that's what as Christians sometimes we don't understand is that we get in there and we're like, this hurts. I don't like it. I don't like what God is doing to me. I don't like that my life seems to be turned upside down. As Lauren said the other day, it seems like God has, that someone has picked up a snow globe, has shaken it, has put it down, and now they're singing, you know, joy to the world. It's not fun to go through that process, but we are refined in that process. We grow stronger in that process. We gain tools, and we learn how to use tools during that process. But we have to spend time with God, amen? We also have to learn that prayer makes us brave. In 2 Chronicles 20 and 15, it says, and he said, listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours, but God's. The battle is God's. There's, I just said a couple of seconds ago that Laura and I have been talking and and it feels like, honestly, somebody has picked up a snow globe and has shaken it and has set it back down, and we're in the middle of this snow globe. And there's so much transition going on in our lives right now. And over the last, like, two or 
couple weeks that we're sitting there going, what has just happened? What in the world just happened? Two months ago, we were coming in the summer. We had things looked like they were going up. We were cruising in. We had life seem to be laying out the way it was supposed to. But in the middle of transition is where our bravery has to be put to the test. Amen. You don't become brave by not going against anything. You don't become brave by sitting behind the lines drinking coffee. You become brave by being on the front lines going into battle. And that's tough to understand because we, we have this idea that God is protecting us, and He is, but He's not protecting us from the battle. And as Christians, we have to learn that praying in the Spirit builds our faith for the battle. Amen? As Christians who understand the power of God, we understand that there are certain tools that we have access to that other people might not. There is a revelation that we understand of who God is. There is an understanding of the Spirit of God, not just that the Spirit of God, not just that it is a part of the fruit of the Spirit, but it is something that we actively can access in order to gain control, in order to have dominion through Christ. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. That is the power of, of speaking in tongues. That is the power of speaking things into existence because we understand that there is power through that. We understand that the, that, that, that the Spirit is more than just a, 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 a guidance tool. A lot of people say, well, the Holy Spirit guides me. And yes, it does. God's Spirit is meant to guide us, but God's Spirit is also meant to have power and authority and dominion in it also. And that as Christians, we have the power and the authority through Christ to speak things into existence and have dominion over the things that God wants us to have dominion over. He gave Adam and Eve dominion over the earth and we are the lineage of Adam and Eve. And therefore, through His Spirit, we have that dominion. And as Christians, we need to practice that dominion. And when those storms come against us, to be able to stand firm in that storm and begin to speak what it is that God has for us, begin to speak the word that we know is true, and not quiver and fall on our knees and say, Oh God, what is going on in my life? Because our witness is how we handle ourselves in the storm. The witness of the power of God in us is how we stand when things are coming against us. Not how we fold. We also have to understand that praise empowers us to be brave. Amen. In Exodus 15 and 2 it says, The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. This is my God and I will praise Him my Father's God, and I will exalt Him. We are a church that should understand the power of praise. We are a church that should understand the power of worship. That even in our homes, that we 
can raise our hands and get it into a, a place with God where we begin to break the things that are coming against us. Last night I was studying and I was watching different videos and, and, and looking and, and I got onto something and, and all of a sudden it was just a prophetic worship concert that someone had had put on YouTube and I began to watch that and I'm sitting here and I'm just watching these singers and they just start flowing in the spirit of God and even as I'm sitting there on YouTube watching this I could feel a shift in the atmosphere where I was and I just put my computer down and began to pray I was like God you know what we need God, you know where this whole thing is taking us right now. We, Lauren and I don't understand. We don't know what the next step is going to be. We don't know where we're heading right now. We don't know where this transition is leading us. But God, you know. And I'm going to stop freaking out. I'm going to stop stressing out over it. And I'm just going to let you take me where it is you're going to take me because it's going to be a lot safer if I go with you instead of fighting to go where I want to go. And God gives us the ability to break down the walls and to conquer our destiny through Christ. Amen. But we have to be strong. We have to have the characteristics because bravery looks beyond self to what is best for another. We have to be able to look past ourselves and to look at what is best for another. That's where bravery is. Bravery is getting past ourselves. Bravery also takes courage to defend the weak. We have to be able to stand up for those who are not strong and to pray with them and to pray for them. Amen. There are certain, and, and that was one thing with our shop, is that we wanted God to send people in that maybe weren't like us. We said, God, you know, our door is open. Send people in. We want this to be a place of hope. We want this to be a place that People can come and they can feel something. And we have had certain days where we've had certain people sitting at certain tables who were all a lot different. And we're looking around going, we have you guys over here, we have you guys over here, we have you guys over here. We're like, dear God, what did you do? <laughs> if these people ever got together and started talking, they would be shocked. <laughs> but it's the truth. We have to defend the weak. We have to stand up, even if it's someone that maybe is doing something that we think is wrong, we still need to stand up and defend them and stand with them and pray with them through the things that they are going through, amen? I don't care what they, I don't really care what their beliefs are, I don't care what they believe in, I don't care what they're doing, my God tells me that I need to stand with them and pray with them and to help them through what they're going through, not to judge them for where they are in life. And so I, we need to be able to defend the weak. We need to be able to understand that bravery sacrifices self for others. That's tough. That is tough for me. To sacrifice myself for others because I'm pretty self-centered. Aren't I, babe? 
I have a personality. I can be and I can be. And, and to be able to step outside and go, God, it's not about me today. What is it I have to do for this person? I remember Lauren reminded me of something the other day. We had taken over my, my father's church, and my dad had left, and we still had the same phone number. And uh, it's 2 o'clock in the morning, I get this call, and this guy is drunk. I'm talking lit. And he's like, I, well, it was like, was he scared? I can't remember exactly what he was even saying. He was like, oh, he'd been watching a preacher on TV, and I'm, go, I'm going to hell, and I'm not living my life right, and I, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, is, is Pastor Rod there? I was like, no, he's not there. He's not here. I was like, we'll talk to you in the morning. Calls, I, so I hang up. Ten minutes later, calls back. I'm watching this guy. And I know I'm not living right. I'm like, Pastor Ron's not. And, and, and your dad. I was like, well, he's gone right now. Tell you what, I will get in touch with you in the morning, 10 minutes later. But you don't understand. Your dad would talk to me on the phone. And I am getting so aggravated. Because I have to get up at like 4, 35 o'clock in the morning. And Lauren goes, would you just pray with the man? I was like, so I set up a bed, and I pray with him. I was like, thank you so much. I just really needed that tonight. And that was it. <laughs> Sometimes we have to pray with people. Sometimes we need to be able to understand it's not about us. And that people are looking for something from God, and we have the answer. And that we can't be so self-involved with ourselves that we don't share the answer with them. Amen. We also have to have inner strength. Bravery has inner strength from the relationship with God and a determination to persevere in spite of failure or hardship. We can't let our failures get us down. We can't let our failures convince us that we are not qualified to do what God wants us to do. We have to stand and be brave. Bravery stands for their convictions. Amen. Someone who is brave, they stand for their convictions convictions you don't beat somebody in the head with your convictions you don't send somebody to hell with your convictions but you still stand for what it is that you believe in amen i come across people from very different walks of life every day and just because maybe their convictions aren't the same as mine doesn't mean that i don't stand with them and pray for them and believe in them. Amen? We have to stand for our convictions, though. It was Daniel who said, I will pray. I understand. I understand the, 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 what's going to happen if I, if I keep praying. But I am going to pray. I'm going to stand for what I believe in. And the last thing for those who are brave, bravery follows God's leading when we cannot see what's ahead. Amen. Self-control. In our soul, we have to have self-control because self-control brings peace. We have to be a brave person understands peace. And they know that there is peace in the storm. They know that there is peace in the situations that they are going through. And we have to have the self-control to wait on God and to experience that peace no matter what is coming against us. Self-control is listed as one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Self-control is the right 
use of our power to direct our will with God's help. And the Holy Spirit works within us as individuals and as Christian, as a Christian community to develop self-restraint, self-discipline, and self-control in what we think, feel, and do. That is self-control. It's controlling what we think, feel, and do. That is where our peace comes from. And as Christians, we know that we can be brave and stand and understand that God is in control. So stand and be brave. Stand in the middle of the storm and know that God is in the storm. If we read about Job, Job's friend Elihu said, God thunders marvelously with His voice. And he covers His hands with lightning and commands it to strike. Indeed, God is excellent in power. So as you're in the middle of that storm, understand that God is in the middle of that storm with you, amen. That he covers his hands with lightning and he commands it to strike and God is excellent in power. Compared to God, we as humans are feeble and we are unable to help ourselves spiritually. We are unable to heal our own hearts. We are unable to, to, to stand. We are unable to endure. But we can overcome injustice and things that we need through through Christ, amen. So stand and be brave. Please stand as I close.
Mother's love has really protected me. Protected me. Inspired me. Inspired me. And revealed to me what is possible. Bravery is contagious. Bravery is contagious. Bravery is contagious. Be brave. Be brave. Be brave. Good. I would just like everybody to come to the front. I want you to come up and just join hands with someone next to you. 